0: There, this works better. I was like, anyway, hello. I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Janet Dennison, and uh, I haven't been here in a while. I've been, I've had like the worst attendance record of anyone for the fall season, but I will say that I have accomplished a great deal while I was away. What I had hoped to get done by last August. I'm only one-third of the way done now. (laughs) Partly that's because it's turned out to be a lot bigger project. So welcome to the Christmas season and all that is here. I'm back. We start again on January 12th, and we will hit it with the rest of James. No guarantees that I won't be calling Melissa at 3 o'clock on Wednesday. I did, y'all. I called her at 3 o'clock on Wednesday. I said, Melissa, I have covid So as I I just told somebody, uh, Jim tells everybody, yeah, I always get her something when I'm in Israel on one of my Israel trips. And he said, this time I brought her back COVID. So anyway, it was, uh, so I had Hebrew COVID. You never know what will come from that. But anyway, but it was fine. No big deal. I'm still, you can still hear my gravelly voice though. So I'm still working on getting my voice back, Um, but I've got lots of weeks to get that done. So we are glad to be back. I wanted to tell you what I've been doing and why I needed to carve out a chunk of time. It is a huge project. I am in essence writing about a 7 to 800 page book. That's what it will it, that's the that's the amount of content that I'm writing. On the other hand, I am not going to publish it as a book because no one would buy the thing. So what it is is something that I want you to get, and I will send a link to your leaders who can then send it to you. But one of the things I noticed was that at the end of the day, everybody I knew glanced at their cell phone look down at it to see okay did Amazon leave something on my front porch uh is are the kids okay is there any email I missed it's one of the last things people do in their day now and I'm going to give them one more thing I am working on a project that is my heart. It's called Wisdom Matters. And so what I am doing is I am writing a short, they're coming in about three minutes long, short devotional, and I'll be doing 365 of them where I take a verse or maybe two verses of scripture, and I just apply them to life. They're about wisdom. They're about living with God and for God. And so every night it will arrive on your phone and you just tap it and you'll hear my mini mouse does Jesus voice say. Uh, so but it, I wanted to give people something to end their day with. That was about God. I know God speaks through dreams. I know that he's in our quiet moments, and I don't think we often set aside that time for him, and so that's this huge project I've been working on that I really didn't know if I could do it. It's one of those things you dive in and go, I can't do this, but it's getting done, so poor Tracy. She's just keeping me on task and online, but we are getting it done. So we, and while I was gone, we recorded a Bible study, several other videos, and I have been writing and writing and writing. And I got dressed today, and I thought, wait, I can't dress up, you know, because I've looked pretty pretty bad for really months now. And I have a, now a new marker in my life. If it's not comfortable, I'm not wearing it. That's just kind of, that's, that's what has happened in my life. So, <clears throat> anyway. So, so glad you're here. I will be so happy when we all come back on January 12th, and we'll, and if I don't get something else, Melissa, but um, I will be so glad to be back with all of you uh, starting the 12th, and I don't have plans to miss anymore, but that's not saying I won't, so who knows? Life, is, one of the things I've learned the last few months is life is whatever God designs it to be. So let's just live in that knowledge, and I wanted an opportunity to look at all of you and say, I hope you know that I wish you a blessed Christmas season. So let's open it with prayer. Thank you, Father, for this room. Thank you for the homes that are represented here in this room today and the families, Lord. I pray your blessing on this season, that all of us can live it in such a way that we are a reminder that Christmas is about Christ. May we please, Lord God, shine that light to the world with our lives. And I thank you, Father, for the chance to be with my friends. I wish them the greatest of your blessings. And Father, I pray your hand would remain on this Bible study, that we can study your word and live higher and holier because we know what you've taught us. And now, Father, I pray for everyone who will have a part in this program, Lord, you fill them even now with your Holy Spirit, that everything they do, everything they say and sing, the music that is played, Lord, may it be led by your holy spirit so that it can be a blessing in this room and may we all leave this place today rejoicing over who you are and over the fact that you gave us your son lord may we all approach that manger even now just to have the chance to see him and kneel before him bless this christmas season lord god with your holy presence and bless this bible study father that it serves you in jesus name we pray amen
1: good morning i feel like i would like for nancy withrow to stand up and carol armstrong we have been praying for these ladies and they are both here today, and we love you so much, and God has brought them both through surgery. It's a miracle. It really is. I'm Melinda Rogers, and I'm kind of a pest here for all of you. (laughs) Um, I would like to tell you a little bit about our program today, which is absolutely fabulous. You're going to love it. We're starting off with Prudence McIntosh, who is sitting right here, and she is so talented and so funny and so wonderful. She grew up in Texarkana, Texas, and (laughs) spent her high school years after, after school either going to her father's newspaper business, the town newspaper, Daily newspaper are going to the Baptist church, but then when she got ready to go to college, she passed by Baylor and went to the University of Texas, <laughs> where she met John. She and John moved to Dallas. You know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, and they ended up having three boys and raising them in the Park Cities. Right, and Marjana Thomas is here. Do you remember Marjana? Her Husband was your boy's principal's wife, right? Okay. Um, Prudence has written five books, and she has given lectures at the University of Texas. She speaks French fairly fluently. (laughs) She plays the piano. She travels. She's just a wonderful person, And y'all will enjoy hearing what she has to say. After Prudence Speaks, we have this lovely group right here, these two wonderful people, Karan Jackson and Barbara Lewis, and they are going to do some beautiful, beautiful Christmas music for us. So it's going to be a wonderful morning, and we welcome you, and we're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Prudence. Prudence. Yeah, right over here. What do I do with the microphone? Then?
2: I am wired up with the grandest technology I've ever seen. <laughs> Are you hearing me? <laughs> okay, all right. Don't hesitate to wave your hands if I disappear somehow. Um, The first time I was asked to speak to women of the church was in my own church, St. Michael and All Angels. Uh, Well, perhaps that was not the first time, but at least that was the first time in that church. And when I got up to speak, I asked the gathered ladies, how many of you are cradle Episcopalians? Well, when just a few hands went up, I was so relieved, and I told them (laughs) that I presumed that like me, they had early roots in the Baptist church, and that should I run out of things to say, I could just call on them, and they would get right up here and give their personal testimony (laughs) if I floundered. It is really good to be here. What a comfortable nest you have, and what a grand showing here Um, I will confess that the Saturday before Halloween this fall my husband John and I took a seat in your sanctuary I thought you know I haven't been in a Baptist church in quite a while and maybe I should go take a look well I chose a seat about halfway down uh, hoping that we hadn't unwittingly stolen someone's favorite seat (laughs) And I'm still Baptist enough to certainly regard the front row as the place for people who are making serious spiritual decisions or moving their letter, as we called it. Um, The church was very busy that morning. I think the Baptists are always very busy. And I, uh, I noticed that you had an orchestra. My heavens, an orchestra. And this was just an October Sunday. It wasn't Easter. Um, The orchestra members were taking their seats and beginning to tune up. And someone I presume to be a a deacon or a minister was coming, walking down the aisle, shaking hands with people, talking to people, stopping for a little friendly chat. And the baptistry was filling with water. And my goodness, it was overwhelming. I've always thought an orchestra tuning up sounded very much like what must have been the chaos before God spoke creation into existence, all of that discordant sort of sound. Um, uh, Hearing the, uh, well, when the orchestra suddenly launched into its piece, it reminded me of Easter in my church where my little boys, when they were very small, we had trumpets on Easter. And when the trumpets sounded, they would look at me and say, is it gonna be Star Wars? Uh, well, a glance at the program revealed that you were actually going to have believers baptism, something my cradle Episcopalian husband had never actually witnessed, even though he visited the Baptist church many times in Texarkana with my parents. He was just gobsmacked by the fact that you had tiny little children professing their reasons for wanting to be baptized before this large adult congregation. Um, I was actually a little teary seeing something from my own childhood very long ago, so vividly reenacted in 2022. And then the jumbo screen slowly (laughs) descended. My irreverent little boys would have been a bit disappointed that the first words on the screen were not, in a far-off galaxy. (laughs) It being Reformation Sunday, I was pleased to see some great old hymns being sung like Luther's A Mighty Fortress, or Oh God, Our Help in Ages Past, Still useful in the Baptist Church. Visiting my hometown church now, and indeed occasionally slipping into the contemporary service at St. Michael's, I always leave feeling that I have spent the hour in a honky tonk. <laughs> the cross sort of obscured by drums and a guitar. Um, I am old. My spiritual life, my earliest encounters with God, all began in what seems a far-off galaxy now. First Baptist Church, 4th and Pine Street in Texarkana, Texas. Now, I've always lived in fear that legislature might gerrymander the lines and declare me an Arkansan. (laughs) I was born just one block inside the state of Texas. But just across the street at 4th and Pine was my father's office. Uh, The entire block was taken up by the Texarkana Gazette and Daily News. My dad was the editor of the local paper and when the presses were rolling, sometimes God might be engaged in a righteous crusade against evil. Living on the state line meant that there was a lot of crime, a lot of prostitution, uh, corruption, poverty in our town are more likely in my dad's newspaper office God might be just half of a profane exclamation let fly by a reporter whose sources failed to produce. Uh, my father's reporters had neither the time nor the inclination to edit their language because a child was present. Whatever worldly or profane knowledge I gained at the Texarkana Gazette was countered by that great big church across the street, First Baptist. First Baptist was so all encompassing that even before Baptist churches had skating rinks and bowling alleys and swimming pools and basketball courts, we thought, well, we just felt sorry for everyone else. I know the Lord probably did not look with great favor on our smugness. But as a child, it was so easy to believe that we had it right. And everyone else just groping in darkness. I don't know if the girls' auxiliary still exists in the Baptist church. Certainly they've changed their name by now. Why were we auxiliary and our male counterparts were Royal ambassadors, (laughs) never mind, I can still recite the pledge. Knowing that countless people grope in darkness, I assert my allegiance to Jesus Christ and his church, attempting in all things to abide in him through prayer, advance in wisdom by Bible study, acknowledge my stewardship, and accept the challenge of the Great Commission. That pretty much summed it up. Those endeavors in that big church kept me so busy that it was nearly impossible to sneak away two blocks to Methodist Youth Fellowship where you could learn to dance. (laughs) At First Baptist, I regularly logged about six or seven hours on Sunday and at least three on Wednesday night. No church ever made more demands on its young people or accomplished such measurable results. I'm talking about a far-off galaxy, however. Um, the Baptists expected moral and spiritual accountability at a very early age. I was convicted of my wormy sinfulness at age seven. As an adult, I might puzzle over Moses in a talking, burning bush, but as a child, I knew that Jesus spoke to children directly and on a regular basis, and he was always watching. Can't take my eyes off of you. Anybody who attended our church faithfully and remained unsaved, unbaptized, was apparently just not susceptible to Baptist pestering. If the soul-winning count dipped below an acceptable level in our church, the church would crank itself up into high gear and have a revival, bring in an evangelist, sometimes with iridescent chalk, powerful stories and a reverberating baritone voice that could grip the hearts of the most skeptical backslider. So many gifts from the Baptists, so many. What did I learn? I learned to sit still in the Baptist church. My family sat on the second row. We were never late because on Sundays, my mother moved the hands of the clock forward 30 minutes. If I became restless in big church, as we called it, and all children do, my mother magically commandeered my father's pocket handkerchief. This You won't be able to see this very well, but she would fold my father's handkerchief like this, and it's sort of an origami thing, but I don't have time to show you how. We'll do that at lunch. Um, She'd make me these two little Baptist babies, um, and sometimes she'd let me ruin the handkerchief by taking a pen and putting eyes and faces on them. But can you imagine a child who would be entertained with handkerchief dolls? <laughs> not now. Um, I listened, and I became one of those little achievers. Consequently, I just loved the way the Baptist kept score on everything. We had those charts up front that told us what the attendance was a year ago and what it was today. Uh, The pew bulletin kept us informed on how the stewardship campaign was going as did a huge thermometer out in front of the church telling the whole world how we were doing on the stewardship (laughs) campaign. Um, And you didn't have to worry about what you were doing personally. Because you had a little envelope that you brought to Sunday school with your offering. And on the cover of it, it said, had little boxes. On time? Check. Brought your Bible? Check. Prepared lesson? Check. Brought offering? Check. Staying for big church? Check. (laughs) Well, that was 100%. I learned fractions and percentages and good record-keeping in the Baptist (laughs) Church. Remember, we were first Baptist Church. We really had no competition, none. I was sometimes more zealous than my parents would have wished. Proverbs 22.6, I don't have to even tell you what that is, of course. Train up a child in the way she should go, and when she is old you'll go farther than you thought. (laughs) Well, I think my parents were not entirely delighted that my GA group, Girls Auxiliary, uh, trying to fulfill the Great Commission, felt compelled to minister to the gypsies that lived in a squalid camp near Falk, Arkansas. Now, the gypsies supported themselves in our town by cleaning rural septic tanks and reportedly by stealing the silverware at my cousin Bryce's cafeteria. (laughs) My parents were also what I might call festive Baptists. They were both journalists who, after a hard news day, looked forward to a stiff drink before dinner. (laughs) My father, if I sniffed and said, What is that? He'd say, Medicina. They were not overjoyed to see their own little missionary like Carrie Nation pouring a fifth of Johnny Walker Red Label down the kitchen sink. (laughs) A certain amount of hypocrisy exists in all churches but I had a front row seat. (laughs) All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. My father wrote a Sunday column in the Texarkana Gazette called A Tale of Two Cities. We were a Two city town, two city councils, two police departments, two fire departments, uh, very complicated city arrangement. Um, But when issues in the town failed to inspire the column, my father would turn his attention toward our domestic scene. I was known as L.M. for Little Missionary. My older brother, with self fulfilling prophecy was called the prodigal son. The prod was quick to discover that you could sneak out of the church and go drink Cokes at the Grimm Hotel down on Pine Street uh, instead of attending Mr. Jim Timberlake's Sunday school class where my brother had the reputation of being unredeemable. Uh, the little missionary, on the other hand, once was the sort who... Uh, refused to square dance at school uh, because she had signed a pledge card during a revival promising that there would be no dancing after a particularly effective and as I remember sort of crippled evangelist alerted her that dance steps were just the first steps on the road to degradation. (laughs) In my quest for goodness, I soon realized that you could only rededicate your life at the altar so many times before the congregation began to look on you as just a chronic backslider (laughs) so little zealots like me discovered um, other ways to respond to altar calls you know when the pastor said instruments only choir hum when you had finished the whole hymn you knew you were in for a long long service which meant that all of the Presbyterians and all of the Methodists would be in line at Bryce's cafeteria before you could have Sunday lunch. Now that is not the only reason that I, um, when I was an eighth grader, decided to surrender all for the foreign mission field. I would go to darkest Africa or to India, snatching the heathen from the pits of hell, just like saintly old Miss Roebuck's daughter Jeanette had done The instinct to always see life in a slightly comic light pervades my family. And while I stood down front with Dr. Coggin, weepy and caught up in the emotions of that stalwart hymn, I surrender, I surrender all. Well, I looked out and there were my parents on the second row and also oddly my brother who usually liked to sit up in the balcony away. But this particular time he was there and I looked at him and he had cupped his hands behind his ears and he was making darting motions (laughs) with his tongue. And when we left the church, I said, what got into you? What were you doing? He said, I was trying to remind you, I was a hooded cobra and I was trying to remind you of the perils of the places you were talking about going. (laughs) Well, my memories of my Baptist days are ones of great affection. I, you know, however, Melinda did not mention in introducing me that I had been a missionary in India or Africa. I reneged on my promise, and I hope that dear old Mrs. Roebuck and her daughter Jeanette and the Lord have forgiven me. But you know that Baptist need to witness just still bubbles up in the most unexpected and sometimes weird ways even in foreign climes. My husband and I took a trip to Rome many years ago and we were on a bus with a tour guide who announced that the beautiful trees lining the street on the way to the Vatican were all sycamores. Sycamores? What does a little Baptist child think of the minute you hear the word sycamore? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree, the Lord he wanted to see. And when the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, you know it, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. Well, in my 1950s, church imbued me with a security of a personal and loving God, a safe passage through what is always a little vulnerable time. As a young mother, I can remember grinning with deja vu when a four year old Baptist Sunbeam, female playmate of my youngest son, climbed up on a chair at our house in front of a map that a world map that we always kept in the breakfast room uh she said William do you know where God lives my kid said huh and she said he's here 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 here." and then she flopped down in the in the chair and said he's here blessed assurance I learned about, I listened, I prayed, I learned about democracy in the Baptist church. You're the most democratic bunch of people ever. We voted on everything in long Wednesday night prayer meetings. I follow the struggles of your denomination along with those of my own, and we all have our troubles. But the news media I always know does not understand about the Baptist. They do not understand that despite a national organization, there is no hierarchy. Each church will decide its own direction and with a democratic process. It's messy. I was reminded of this several years ago when Texas Monthly asked me if I would write a piece about the uh, about the award-winning pianist Van Clyburn. Um in the course of that, I don't think I wrote this in the story, but I learned that Van wanted to honor his mother, Rildea B, uh, by, with an organ at Broadway Baptist Church. Now, most people presumed that Clyburn, who was quite wealthy, would just purchase the organ. In, but in fine Baptist tradition, Clyburn said no, If I did that, I'd have the power to control the music that was played on it. We'll do it the Baptist way. Each member will have ownership. And gift by gift, month by month, even little children carried special envelopes down front. And Broadway Baptist got its Casavant Frere organ with construction overseen by the person who is now restoring the organ at Notre Dame in Paris. Well, and on another note, the Baptist church taught me music. I took piano lessons from the time I was five years old, but it was the Baptist who expanded my repertoire and gave me accompanying skills. Mine was a golden age in our church with two classically trained musicians, Dwight and Evelyn Phillips, Evelyn at the organ, Dwight conducting they set up a graded choir program and taught us not only beautiful anthems, but also composition, conducting, uh, harmony, I learned to sing the alto line, uh, but also with no money for soloists, frequently the junior choir was on call to sing soprano solos And so we often sang solos from the world's great oratorios, not just the Messiah, but also the Elijah, Haydn's creation, and Mozart's Requiem. We marched into vacation Bible school to the triumphal march from Aida. I always thought that was a Baptist tune, and I was shocked to hear Verdi's Aida played in the full opera at the Baths of Caracalla in Rome. You know that tune, dum bum, da 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 dum bum bum da 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 dum dun. Boy, we could march to that. By age sixteen, I was in charge of the three-year-old Cherub choir. And I played the piano frequently for Wednesday night services. Much of our music education took place at choir camps in Dangerfield, Texas. No mixed bathing in Dangerfield. (laughs) We took, uh, one of the things that we did was we had these voice choirs, uh, spoken choirs. And one half of the camp would be put on a small hill here and the other on another hill. And on the signal, we would, what this hill would say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and the response from the other hill, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting gates, and the king of glory will come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. How could I not absorb the power of words and rhythm and music? I got a bunch of bouncy hymns from the Baptist that are just perfect for rocking babies with earaches. You can get a rocking chair really going to Standing on the promises of Christ my king. Or... Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, which if you grew up when I did, you thought it was a hymn about laundry. (laughs) Bringing in the sheets, bringing in the sheets. Well, I learned to listen, to sit still, to sing the alto line. Sometimes the tenors, because the boys were so slow to learn to read music. Uh, But I also learned to speak in front of large audiences, when a friend asked me how it felt to give part of the commencement speech at the University of Texas before 8,000 people, I said, just not much, di- not much different from giving your part at BTU, Baptist Training Union, on Sunday night. The Baptists would not let me grow up with an unexamined life. Not much whining was allowed. When my own young boys wiggled and whined and squirmed and tugged at their tight collars, complaining of undue discomfort, the Baptist and me just drew a small cross on the pew bulletin and said, You think you're uncomfortable. <laughs> the Baptist enabled me to be a bit of a show off in the Episcopal Church, where no one can say Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua Judges, Ruth, first second Samuel, first second kings, first second chronicles Ezra Job uh, well you know the minor prophets too I'm sure uh, no one uh, I had a tremendous advantage even in college when I had to read Paradise Lost in one weekend no one who writes can ever ever regret all of the memory work the verses memory verses the 15 psalms the beatitudes the 13th chapter of Corinthians Luke's account of the nativity, Mark's account of the resurrection, all in lyrical King James Version that we committed to everlasting memory in the Baptist church by the time we were 12. It meant that I knew what my high school teacher, my geometry teacher, old Mr. Forrester, meant when he threw the chalk at our class when we didn't seem to catch on to a very basic theorem Class, he said, it's just Hebrews 13 and 8. Was I the only one in the class who knew that Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? I don't have to tell this crowd uh, that I read with great understanding how during desert storm in the Persian Gulf, a young Baptist fighter pilot calmed his fears with Psalm 91, he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I shall say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Thou shall not fear for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt trust. Well, it was a Baptist minister also who suggested that when you find yourself in the ICU, the intensive care unit of a hospital, and we all do at some point. It was a Baptist, this Baptist minister said, Don't try anything fancy. Just use one hand to tap out, The Lord is my shepherd. Again and again. Well, there were more gifts food. Food! I ate so much good food at the Baptist church. Everyone in my church in Texarkana ate supper on Wednesday night at church. It was not a come and bring. Poor old Ms. Adams made yeast rolls for dinner, uh, for wonderful meals every Wednesday night. My mother was a terrible cook. She's always said that the worst day of her life was when <laughs> I learned that other children didn't eat Cheerios for supper. Food was just fuel at our house, never a delight like the banana pudding that Mrs. Adams fixed when we ate in the church basement dining room before prayer meeting. What didn't I get from the Baptist Church? Well, my sense of Christian history was pretty sketchy. I thought for a long time that the history of Christianity was something like this Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote their stories, St. Paul finished his letters put up his pen, Lottie Moon went to China, and the first Baptist church called Carl Bates, the pastor who baptized me. <laughs> Nobody told me that Paul's letters came first and were written long before the first gospel. So who lined them up all wrong in my Bible? I thought it was chronological. <laughs> and I, no one told me that the Bible I carried so faithfully every Sunday would not have existed had there been no monasteries. When my second book was finished, a book editor from California called and said, "Uh, Prudence, I'm writing a story about your book for the Sunday Times, Los Angeles Times, and she said, I really liked it, but I wanted to ask you, why did you put that chapter on going to church? It just makes your book so regional. Uh, I told her, well... I had been a churchgoer all my life and that I went to church as an adult because prayer can, seems to contain levels of gratitude that and aspiration that I have no other way of expressing. Religious experience is very much my concern as it is the legitimate concern of everyone who has ever known love. One could not grow up in First Baptist Church Texarkana and not experience the love and concern of a whole bunch of people. If it takes a village, they were my village, as I'm certain you are a village to all those young people I saw that Sunday morning. In my own writing, I have tried to be as candid about the enormous pleasure we can draw from the richness of relationships in this life. I have come to believe that eternal life begins not when we die, but when we're born. That makes the abundance of joy, mystery, even sorrow that we experience in our everyday lives significant and well worth illuminating as the medieval monks might say. That's what artists and music, musicians and poets and even lesser talents like mine are here to do, to illuminate. I was once introduced to a gathering like this with a poem by the poet Richard Wilbur The poem is called Love Calls Us to the Things of This World. It's a poem about laundry. Even laundry can look like angels flapping wings on a clothesline. Writing about the things of this world, little boys, diapers in the toilet, boogers on the wall, has not always stood me in good stead with all of my Christian brethren. My first book, Thundering Sneakers, had the good fortune to be selected by the Christian Herald Book Club which meant it would sell a lot more copies. Before it was published, however, I received a letter from the editor indicating the various ways in which my book would be re-edited to make it more palatable for Christian readers. Among the words that she wanted to strike were, urinal, boogers, vagina, pee pee, all cut. I wrote back immediately, Dear Mrs. Swanson, you tangle with a Baptist-reared writer at your peril. <laughs> we can pull out the sword of the spirit on a moment's notice, uh, and we know how to draw swords and charge. I suggested that uh, perhaps she should spend some time editing her Bible if my story's offended Perhaps she should eliminate stories of rape, prostitution, masturbation, and slavery from the holy book to protect these poor impressionable Christians. Well, my book went to press without further correspondence. (laughs) I did include a funny postscript to the editor. I said, if you are worried about any reference I made to Santa Claus, I've got that covered too, Zechariah 2.6. Ho, ho, come forth and flee from the land of the north, saith the Lord, for I have spread you abroad on the four winds of heaven, saith the Lord. (laughs) You are a patient audience. I learned patience in the Baptist church, Wednesday night prayer meeting primarily, when sometimes someone was afflicted with what we very disrespectfully called Jesus' jaw. Perhaps a deacon suddenly stricken with the need to extend his extemporaneous prayer to the point to be able to point out the shortcomings of various people in the congregation. My church, as I say, taught me to listen, to speak, to sing, to accompany, to pray. I love Anne Lamott who says, really, they're just five prayers. Help, thanks, sorry, won't do that again, oops, and wow. Wow. My childhood church taught me to love the kind of people who keep on praying for you. Even though one Christmas you sent them UNICEF Christmas cards and they know that you had your children baptized as babies. Years ago, I crowded into a small church in London on All Saints Day, November the 1st. A big deal in the Episcopal Church. Bells are tolled to honor the lives of parishioners who died that year. I never thought much about saints in the Baptist church. We called everybody by their first name, Peter, Paul, Matthew. And I marveled at the vigorous singing of the Anglican hymn, For all the saints who from their labor rest. Oddly, in that moment, I thought of all those saintly people from my Baptist childhood, the steadfast choir members, the Sunday school teachers, the training union sponsors, the girls' auxiliary leaders, the brave choir trip sponsors, the record keepers, and the good cooks, Mrs. Roebuck's daughter, Jeanette, who really did go to the foreign mission field. There is a favorite children's hymn in the Episcopal Church. It may be in your book, too. I don't know. It's called, I Sing a Song of the Saints of God, patient and brave and true. The final verse is strikes me as very British and very old-fashioned, perhaps, but it is still a reminder that we are all on a special journey together, regardless of our denomination or our circumstances. The hymn says, speaking of the saints, they live not only in ages past, there are hundreds of thousands still. The world is bright with the joyous saints who love to do Jesus' will, You can meet them in school, or in lanes, or at sea, in church, or in trains, or in shops, or at tea. For the saints of God are just folks like me, and I mean to be one too. For all the gifts that the Baptist tradition has bestowed on me, I'm here to say thank you. Step over those wires. Right. Well, I can hardly wait to hear you,
3: oh, right. <laughs> ladies. I'm going to take just a moment while we have just a break before we get to hear Karan and Barbara and let you know, um, if you remember last year, we had Thrifty Thursday. Well, we have Thrifty Thursday again. Uh, The lovely arrangements that are on your table, the centerpieces, um, are for sale. They are $20 a piece, and you can give your money to Judy. Judy. Hallman, right here at this front table, and um, she will be glad to collect those for you. Um, and uh, we are so grateful to Park City's Baptist Church, and we get so much by being able to come here each Thursday. But um, these arrangements we are using to offset uh, some of the additional costs that we have, so we appreciate. Your um, continued support of that, and um, Barbara, you want to play a, a little before Karan sure. comes? Uh, yeah, I don't know what I want to play. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Pardon me, Barbara. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much. No. <laughs> oh, next, I'm going to do a little soft shoe. Um, there is a white van on p2 if anyone's driving a white van and it is running so um if it is yours you might want to step out and um take that van and (laughs) turn it off and then come right back okay
4: give it up for Barbara. It is a privilege for me to be here with all of you today. I'm very, very excited. A little nervous, but very excited. I'm always nervous. And people are always like, you sing everywhere. Why are you nervous? Because I don't want to let God down. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to start with one of our favorites. Hit it, Barbara.
5: <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus, oh, what a wonderful child, come on, Jesus, Jesus, he's so lonely, meek and mild, new life, new hope, new joy he brings, won't you listen, angels Jesus, oh mama, my, my Jesus, oh what a wonderful child! Talking about Jesus, a sweet little Jesus. He's so lonely. We can mold new life, new hope, new joy. He brings. Oh, just listen! Hear the angels sing, glory, glory, glory. Born a king, he was heralded by the angels. Born in a lonely manger, to the virgin Mary was his mother. And Joseph was her father. Oh, three wise men came from afar. They were guided by a shine. Sweet little Jesus He's so lonely can New life New hope New joy He brings Won't you listen Hear the angels sing Glory, glory, glory To the new born King Jesus, my Jesus. talking about Jesus, our sweet little Jesus. He's a so lonely, meek and mild. New life, new hope, new joy he brings. Won't you listen? I hear the angels.
4: Jesus, new life, new hope, new joy he brings. Amen? Don't we have life and hope and new joy? We must share that with everyone we know. Amen? You, I just want to say this because y'all are all women and nothing would happen without you. Therefore, I don't think you realize How much power you have. Thanksgiving wouldn't have happened without you. (laughs) Is that a fact? Amen. It's a fact. So with all that power, you know, much is required. So invite all your loved ones that you cooked for to church. Amen. This is a great song of, of ours. Yeah, one of my favorites. You'll probably hear me say that for every song. And it is a way in a manger.
5: Jesus, oh.
4: This next um, song is actually a medley. Yeah, I have to look look to her for approval (laughs) to make sure I'm right. This next song is a medley and I ask you to sing along to whatever part you may know, okay? Here we go. The first one is Joy to the World. To join and praise us to our Lord. Amen. So I'm going to sing which really is my favorite Christmas song, right? Because it's 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 about Jesus and um and it's it's my most favorite. So um something you all do not know is that, well, most everyone in this room knows my testimony. Amen. Can I get an Amen? Amen. Okay. So this song was taught to me by Joyce Hughes, the tiny lady. You know, I was found homeless, and then this woman saw me and asked me to sing at her church, and I said no, and then she said, I will feed you if you sing at my church. (laughs) And I sang at her church. Amen. Well, she taught me one of these songs, and this is it. It's called Sweet Little Jesus Boy. And I hope that it blesses your heart today. (laughs)
5: did to know Sweet little Jesus boy, born, born a long time ago. Sweet little holy child, didn't know who you was. Just we i
4: amen amen there's a um a version of that song that says the world treats you mean lord treats me mean too but that's how it is down here we don't know who you is amen because if we do we act a different way right Amen. This next song, song. this next song is the last song, and this is my most favorite song (laughs) of all the songs that we're doing today. Um, So, real quick, everyone in here knows that I'm a missionary, amen, that I'm a full time missionary and evangelist, and um, I get to go all over this world, right? But I get to go in Texas. Um, In a couple of weeks, I'll be able to sing for the homeless shelter, and just to share my instrument with them and my testimony with them. And I get to go to schools and colleges and the whole nine, right? And so I'm very, very grateful for where God has called me to be and, and where I am in, in life today, right? Um, I know, as everyone in this room should know, that exactly where you are and exactly the way you look And exactly what you know, you're supposed to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. What I mean by that is, I used to say, well, I'm a big guy and I'm working on it. I'm actually down 70 pounds. You can clap for that. I'll I'll take it. But I used to allow so many things to get in the way of me sharing the gospel. Right, Because I didn't look a certain way, because I didn't sound a certain way, because I didn't talk a certain way. I thought I was unworthy to share the gospel, right? That's all the devil. Amen? Because the gospel is the most important thing we can share. And I'm not going to allow my weight or how I speak or how I sing to prevent me from sharing the gospel. Amen? It is needed in the time that we live in. The rubber has met the road. Amen? Amen? And the gospel is shared. Yes, through dreams. Yes, through other things. But more importantly, because you are willing to share it. Because God did something for you. And you know that he is the answer. The answer to what? Everything. Amen? So during this time... Um, I'll share a quick story. John King's wife, um, Janice King, has passed away, okay? And uh, she was pivotal in me coming to know the Lord, right? I say that to a group of women because more than a shirt, more than a toy, more than a meal, she gave me something that would sustain me well after she passed away. Amen. And that is the love of Jesus Christ. So as you're preparing your wallets and your purses and your minds to care for people and to share love, I encourage you to share the greatest gift we've ever been given. And that is the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone in here has influence. Everyone in here has a group of people that will listen to you. Even if you don't think they will, they will. Tell them you're not going to make the pie unless they sit down (laughs) for the story. Amen? Um, I I have flyers out there, missionary flyers. Take one. Put it on your refrigerator. I'm out there doing the hard work, talking to people that a lot of you won't speak to. But that's because that's where God wants me to be. Amen? He has brought me from nothing and made me who I am today. If you want a flyer, get one. Here's my most favorite song of them all. Hold on. I I forgot something. I apologize. So, because we're in a room full of women, I wouldn't do this normally. But this one at the piano is kind of amazing. Yes? Yes? She's extraordinary. We pray together. She has guided me a great bit in my ministry. She hears songs. She picks them and says, I think this will bless a group of people. Learn it. Let's practice it. And then she sends me on my way. I'm scared to be by her because I think I'm going to do something wrong. Um, but she has been a great blessing to my life, and I know to the life of this church. And so I'm just, since, we're, since there's a lot of women here, I wanted to give my main one just some love. You're amazing. You're amazing. Amen. (sweak) i <sweak> Amen, church. Amen. Oh, you guys. To God be the glory. Amen. Barbara Lois, everyone, thank you for letting us share with you. Oh, my goodness, I'm blushing now. It's all God. I'm going to help you.
3: can think right now is i was glad when they said unto me let us go into the house of the lord aren't you glad we were in the house of the lord today thank you quran barbara for blessing us so much quran summed up our lessons for the entire year in what he said and what he spoke so thank you prudence Thank you so very much for your message. Um, And just reminding those of us who are Baptist, those of us who've grown up in the church, what a heritage we have. And we have been so blessed. And now we want to share that gift, as Quran said, with the world till everyone has heard. So um, huge thank you to all of you who just blessed us with your God-given gifts and talents this morning. And uh, thank you to everyone who's come today. We are so glad to see you, so glad that you're participating in this Bible study. If you're a guest, if you came, we'll start again in January, and you are welcome. We want you back here with us. And now I have the privilege of uh, saying the blessing um, and before we eat, I'm going to be like Moses and just part you right down the middle here. We're going to have food on this side, and we're going to have food on this side. Is it here, Melinda? Oh, it's outside the doors. I got a little scared there for a moment. <laughs> it's outside the door. So if you're on this side, if you'll go this way and this way, and we have a few gluten-free. Are they on the all in one spot? They're on either side. So um, if you pre-ordered that, you know who you are. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you with grateful and humble hearts today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ, your son, to save us, Lord. Thank you for sending him so that we could be reconciled with you. Lord, we thank you for your tender mercy and your grace and your loving kindness. Lord, may we take that we've received from you and give it away to give others the good news of the gospel that Jesus has come to reconcile us with you. Lord, now we just ask that you bless the ladies here. We bless. We ask that you would bless the fellowship that we have over the food. Lord, we thank you so much for the food. We thank you for all the many blessings that you give us. And most of all, we thank you for Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen.